My dear brothers and sisters, I seek the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as I respond to this opportunity to speak to you today. I recognize that a good share of you have traveled great distances to assemble in the historic tabernacle here on Temple Square. From the north, the south, the east, the west, you've come, traveling the roads which lead to Salt Lake City. That word road is an intriguing one. A generation ago, movie producers featured Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, Dorothy L'Amour in a series of films entitled The Road to Rio, The Road to Morocco, The Road to Zanzibar. Earlier yet, the poet Rudyard Kipling wrote the lines which immortalized another road, the road to Mandalay. But today, I've been thinking of a road made famous by the Lord. I speak of the road to Jericho. Could we for a moment refer to that book, The Gospel According to Luke, the 10th chapter, and relive the memorable events which made famous for all time the Jericho Road. You'll remember that a certain lawyer stood up tempting the Savior and asked, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord said to him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, Thou hast answered right. Do this, and thou shalt live. But the lawyer, willing to justify himself, asked, And who is my neighbor? Jesus answering said that a certain man journeyed from Jerusalem down to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his raiment and who wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came that way a certain priest who, when he saw him, passed by to the other side. And likewise a Levite who, when he came to the place, he too passed by to the other side. And then there came a certain Samaritan, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and he did bind up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And then he put him on his own beast and took him to the inn and cared for him. Before he departed on the morrow, he took two pence from his pocket gave it to the host, and said, Here, take these and care for him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again I shall repay thee. Then said the Savior, Which of these three was neighbor unto him who fell among thieves? And the lawyer answered, He that showed mercy upon him. And Jesus said unto him, Go, and do thou Likewise, every one of us in his journey through mortality will travel a Jericho road. What will be your experience 
what will be mine? Will I fail to see him who has fallen among thieves and needs my help? Will you? Will I look upon him who is injured, hear his plea, and cross by to the other side? Will you? Or will I be one who sees and who hears, who pauses and who helps? Will you? The key was given by the Lord when he said, Go, and do thou likewise. When we follow that divine injunction, there opens to our view a vista of joy superior to anything that we would know in mortality. Now, the Jericho Road that we travel may not be well marked, and the injured may not call out that we might hear. But when we follow in the footsteps of that good Samaritan, we shall follow the pathway which leads to perfection. The Lord in his ministry gave us many examples of how our conduct ought to be. Remember his experience with the crippled man at the Pool of Bethesda, with the adulterous woman, with the woman at Jacob's well, the daughter of Jairus. How about Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha? Each one represented a casualty on a Jericho road. Each one needed help. To the cripple at the pool of Bethesda, the Savior said, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. To the sinful woman, Go thy way, and sin no more. To her who came to gather water, he gave a well of water, spiritual water, springing up unto spiritual life. And to the dead daughter of Jairus came the gentle command, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And to the entombed Lazarus the memorable words, Lazarus, come forth. Well might the critics say, these events occurred in the life of the Redeemer of the world. Is it possible that you and I can have similar experiences on our personal mortal journey? My answer is a resounding yes. And today I'd like to share with you two such examples. First, the instance of a boy, an injured boy, who was rescued on his Jericho road. And second, I should like to relate my first experience in finding my way to Jericho. Some years ago, there went to his eternal reward one of the kindest men who ever graced mortality. He was the friend to the friendless. He hired the immigrant. He spoke at more funeral services than anyone I've ever known. His name was Louis Jacobson. In a reflective mood one day, he told me of his boyhood how he was the son of an impoverished Danish widow, how he was rather homely in appearance and easily the object of fun and derision on the part of his thoughtless classmates. He explained to me that one Sunday in Sunday school, the boys and girls made fun of his patched trousers, his homemade shirt, and what he described as his soup bowl haircut. Too proud to cry, Tiny Lewis fled from the chapel, pausing at last to sit on a curb to catch his breath. 
The curb was the one that ran along 2nd West Street right in Salt Lake City. As he sat there, he took from his pocket a paper. It was the Sunday school lesson outline. He folded it and made a crude paper boat and launched it along the turbulent waters that ran next to the curb. And then from his hurt heart, he made the firm resolve, I'll never go back to Sunday school again. But then, as he looked into the water through his tear-filled eyes, he saw reflected the image of a tall and well-dressed man. He looked up right into the face of George Burbage, the Ward Sunday School superintendent. That kindly leader said, Lewis, may I sit next to you on the curb? And in his Sunday best, that good Samaritan sat next to the injured boy and put his arm around him. Together they launched many paper boats down the gutter. But when they stood, they stood hand in hand and walked back to the Sunday school class. Lewis Jacobson later became the superintendent of that one and only Fifth Ward Sunday School, and he never forgot to acknowledge the day that a good Samaritan rescued him on his Jericho Road. When I heard that explanation, I thought of the words of the poet who said, He stood at the crossroads all alone, the sunlight in his face. He knew nothing of roads unknown. He was set for a manly race. But the road stretched east, and the road stretched west, and the boy knew not which road was best. So he chose the road that led him down, and he lost the race and the victor's crown. At last he was caught in an angry snare, because no one stood at the crossroads there to show him the better way. Another day in this selfsame place, a lad with high hopes stood, He, too, was set for the manly race. He, too, was seeking that which was good. But one was there who the roads did know, and he showed the boy which road to go. So he turned from the road that led him down, and he won the race and the victor's crown. Today he walks the highway fair because someone stood at that crossroads there to show him the better way. When I was about ten years of age, I came to a crossroads in life. Christmas was approaching, and I yearned like only a boy can yearn for an electric train. I didn't want one of those cheap models that you'd wind up with a key. I wanted one that would be powered by the miracle of electricity. These were depression times, so it was with considerable sacrifice that mother and father on Christmas morning, placed under that tree my beautiful electric train. I sat at that transformer and operated that train hour after hour. And then Mother came into the room. She said, Tommy, I bought a train for Mark Hansen, who lives down the lane. Would you like to come with me and we'll give it to him? I said, Mother, could I see the train? She showed it to me. It was a wind-up model, but I noticed one car in that train set, a beautiful aluminum-colored oil tank car. 
My train had no beautiful aluminum-colored tank car. And envy began to well up in my boyish heart. I put up such a fuss that Mother handed me that car. And she said, here, if you feel you need it more than Mark Hansen, you take it. And I took it. <laughs> I coupled it with my train and was proud of the result. But then I joined Mother as we went down the lane to Widow Hansen's, as she was called. Mark was a year or two older than I, and when we handed him the train set, he was overjoyed. He anticipated no such gift. Quickly, he put the little track together, and as he coupled the engine which he had wound up with the key to its two remaining cars, I watched that engine and its little load go around the track, and every revolution, my heart seemed to cut deeper and deeper with pains of regret. Mother wisely said, What do you think of Mark's train, Tommy? I said, Mother, I'll be right back. <laughs> I ran from the Hanson home and ran as fast as my legs could carry me up 5th South Street to my house. I burst into the living room, reached down and uncoupled that aluminum-colored oil tank car, put it under one arm, hesitated, then reached down and uncoupled a lumber car that belonged to my own train, put it under the other arm, and ran down the lane to Mark Hansen's. And as soon as I entered the living room, I yelled at the top of my voice, Mark, Mark, we forgot two cars that belong to your train. And he coupled them in place, and as that train went around the track, the engine with its heavier load, I felt a feeling difficult to describe and impossible to forget. It was time for Mother and I to go, and as we walked up Fifth South Street, I looked at my mother, she who, with her hand in the hand of God's, had walked bravely down into the valley of the shadow of death to welcome me, her son, across the bridge into life, now smiled at me, took me by the hand, and we walked home together by way of our Jericho Road. We, like the Good Samaritan, had found a treasured opportunity to help. Some remember Mother for rhymes recited, stories told, music played, but I remember Mother for the day we walked to Jericho. My dear brothers and sisters, this day there are many souls to save. There are deeds to be done. There are kind words to express. The world is filled with persons who are lonely, who are sick, who are afflicted, who are wandering. They all cry out for help. Yet the road signs of life, they enticingly beckon the traveler. This way to wealth, this way to affluence, this way to popularity, this way to success. I pray that each one of us may pause at the crossroads and listen for that still small voice which ever so gently invites, Come, follow me this way to Jericho. My prayer is that we might listen and follow him along that Jericho road.
In the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, amen.